is chilling. Truth. And that's why I just tried to murder my mother. I didn't feel that I had to face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. Okay, so next time you see me. So, did you read over the script like I very nicely asked you to do before? No, no uh, you know I asked I didn't. you hours ago. I, of I course didn't. you didn't. Why would you? I, Why would you? I don't know. I'll tell you what I was doing. Oh I, I was, what were you doing? That was so much more important. I was I was wondering why uh, the shirt that you've made with the logo. Don't <laughs> don't even. I, I just look. I it's an honest critique. Look, I'm just saying. It could have something more relatable to. You it know, says murder. a true crime podcast. Right, Did you but read it, it? Yeah, a but true like crime between podcast. The tablet that no one's going to understand is the Zodiac. It's not a tablet. It's the, a letter from the Zodiac. It and looks like a tablet to anyone that's we covered. At it. We covered Zodiac. I'm just if saying, they're, I, if they're going to buy a shirt, they probably already listened to the Zodiac episode. I I really feel like be, you're banking on our faces being so good looking that people don't they care do look great. that there's I made no those murder cartoons. theme in the I background. I made those cartoons. What is it to the right of my face? What is that? That's Illuminati. The Illuminati pyramid with the eye. Okay. All right. No, I can't. Anyway, what we're, talk- yeah. what we're talking about is we have some shirts that we got done. And I think I set it up right to where if you buy a shirt, it goes to our PayPal. And then the people that are making the shirt take the money from the paypal i hope that's how it works anyway if you buy a shirt please pay with paypal but you can get it on the chilling truth.bigcartel.com we've got small medium large xl 2xl and it goes all the way up to 3xl uh if you guys want to go get one it's got johnny and i's face well it's got the logo with a little bit of tweaking on it uh they're 13 bucks and i don't i think it's free shipping i'm not sure it shouldn't matter because i'm not shipping it i don't care if they have to pay for shipping but not you guys the people that make them but anyway you can go get one of those if you would like um i do want to shout out uh my new friend rob who reached out to me on instagram and told me that he likes the show a lot he gave me the idea of doing the shirts like this where we don't have to like order a shitload of shirts and then you know have to like sit on them and hope that people buy them so thank you rob and you guys should check out his band uh will to live it's like an older texas band pretty cool Anyway, that's all the shout-outs I have. Well, should we start the show? Yeah, I think we should start the show. Okay, let's clap really quick before we before we forget. Got it. Oh, I'm fixing my microphone. Ready? One, two, three. Perfect. Okay, I know this episode is coming a little late, and for that, I'm sorry. But today, we're going to be talking about the kidnapping of Jamie Kloss. Now... I did. I read a book for this. Uh, it's it's called um, "88 Days: The Abduction of Jamie Kloss. Um The book is bad. If you like good writing, I would not read this book. There's typos. There's times where the author explains the same scene or situation two times, almost verbatim, in two different chapters. The book's only 88 pages long, so it's a very easy read. I literally read it in probably like an hour, maybe less. But nonetheless, it gives more info than the wiki page does. Um, And in all the articles I could find were like how she's doing now, which is important, but like it doesn't tell the whole story. So anyways, we should start, I guess. Welcome to The Chilling Truth, everybody. That's Johnny, who's... I'm thinking a little tipsy. I've had a couple beers. Nice. Okay. And uh, I'm Corey, who uh, I'm sober. <laughs> straight edge. Yo, you're not straight edge anymore, are you? Have we ever talked about mm, that on here? I'm not, actually. Yeah. No, we haven't, actually. Yeah, but let's out, save man. that for the end of the show. <laughs> right. I did. Okay, so Jamie Kloss was a 13-year-old girl who was kidnapped by Jake Patterson. Patterson had been fantasizing about kidnapping a girl for about two years he claims if it wasn't Jamie, it would have been a different victim. So he was going to take somebody no matter what. But that day, Jamie did happen to be the unlucky one. Weirdly, though, Patterson came upon Jamie out of chance. One day in October, he saw her conducting her regular routine that morning, simply just getting on her school bus. And 
uh, he was on his way to his job at the Saputo Cheese Factory. And in that moment, he decided that she was going to be his victim. Hmm. You want to take it from here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You're the reader now, remember? Well, that's I was confused because you kind of started, you know, doing my job for me. Yeah, I was just reading that. I was just, okay, I was just reading that one part. If that's okay with you, you know, if that's all right with you. So let's give a little background on Jake Patterson real quickly. <laughs> uh, so Jake was the let's youngest of three kids born to Patrick Michael Patterson and Deborah Lynn Moyer. Patrick and Deborah divorced in October 2007. Uh, saying the marriage had been uh, irretrievably broken uh, after the that divorce. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, who could, you know, maybe he cheated. Uh, why did I assume that it wouldn't be the man that cheated? I don't know why I did that. After the divorce, because they shared custody of the three children. Uh, Jake had a brother, Eric, and a sister, Katie Lynn. Ironically, growing up, Jake wasn't the problem child. Eric was. Uh, Eric Patterson pleaded no contest to a fourth-degree sexual assault charge in 2012. This got him a sentence of one year's probation. One year later, he was arrested on drug charges that included two felonies. Just racking them up. Uh, Yeah, dude, I guess the shit apple doesn't fall far from the shit tree. (laughs) He was charged with the manufacture and delivering of THC. Again, he pleaded no contest. This time, what is that? The manufacturing delivery? Is that just growing weed? What does that mean? Um, yeah, growing and selling weed, I guess. Nice. Fancy. Not so fancy way of saying it. But this time, however, landed him in actual prison for about eight months. Uh, this didn't mean Jake was a golden boy who could do no wrong. Uh, Jake Patterson was not what you call a successful man in school. <laughs> and growing up, uh, he read a lot, uh, was on school's quiz bowl team. Uh, didn't play any fucking sports, didn't have girlfriends, mostly just kept to himself. Which, I mean, reading a lot isn't bad. I mean, I, I read quite no, a bit. No, but, so. it, it, you know, it, 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 yeah, I don't want to stereotype, but, you know, those that typically read a lot uh, typically keep their nose clean. You know, like, I, maybe not. Maybe that's a ridiculous Put it this way. If Jake, it's a lot of people if Jake, like to read or... If Jake Patterson had never kidnapped Jamie Claus and you see right now, I'd still beat him up for being a fucking nerd. (laughs) And that's the problem. So he was voted most quiet, actually, by his school. Uh, Why is that even a category? I I think they made it up that year. So he skipped prom. Least cool. He he skipped prom. He didn't go go on his senior trip. Uh or the senior photo, which I can relate. Like, I didn't do a senior... Like, it's whatever the school did um, as far as, like... It, it was like a traditional school photo, right? I just put on a nice shirt that day. That was my senior photo. I didn't go out and do, like, a photo shoot like most people do. So Yeah, I didn't do... I didn't go to my senior prom. I went to a junior prom, actually, but I never I went to I went to, to my senior prom. prom, didn't go to my junior prom. But I went stag and then had a good time. And so, you're still stag. Not much has changed, no. no relationships. So, uh, he washed out um, of the United States Marine Corps, so he didn't make it through that after about five weeks due to character issues. Uh, <laughs> that means you're a fucking piece of shit, is what character probably, issues means in the military. It, it was probably a failure to adapt. Uh, this didn't yeah, stop Patterson. Like yeah, so it didn't stop him from telling any and all potential employers uh, that he was, in fact, still a Marine. Uh, but getting the job wasn't really Jake's problem. It was holding the job. Uh, he, which, which is pretty common among people like Well, Jake, if you're separated from the military, who... and I can't speak for all who are separated from the military, just, you know, we've, we've seen it. But typically, when you're separated from the Navy or, you know, any other branch... Um, whether it's a legitimate issue or not is beside the fact and I don't want to get into that conversation. I mean, who the fuck am I? But typically you have some kind of psychological disorder or, uh, you know, your anxiety levels to where you can't cope with like changing and like aggressive environments or anything. like it, stuff like that is what gets you separated from the military. So once you're separated from the military and then you, you know, you come out and you can't follow through with anything else. Uh, it, it's not surprising to me, and it is unfortunate. Well, more or less I don't mean, like... I don't as a veteran. I, it's not <clears throat> my intention to, to speak ill will upon P 
people that get out of the military and they can't cope or deal. Uh, it's it's truly a fucking tragic situation that we deal with, uh, that they deal with. Um, so, uh, I, I, it sucks. But, statistically, if you get separated from the military for it's psych- psychological issues, yeah, you're going to... It's going to carry into your work, your, your, your work field when you get out. Like, you're not going to be able to hold a job. So, yeah, no, it makes sense that he can't hold a job. That's the point. Anyway. Well, so. I more or less meant, like, people like Jake, people who are willing to kidnap a girl and think that they can have a relationship as an adult with, like, a 13-year-old, those type of people do not have very good social skills, and they don't get along with no, there's authority, definitely, which is probably uh, what he, his problem in the Marines. No, yeah, it's – there's – there's – Something was not fully developed. No, there's there's a gap. Uh, yeah, no, he was and, fucked somewhere uh, empathy, or another. Uh, just, yeah, no. Just, I mean, but statistically with serial killers or murderers or, you know, people that, you know, cut their mom's head off and fuck their face for a few minutes, uh, typically those... Big old Ed Kemper. That dude comes up a lot. It's hard <laughs> well, to not bring him up. He's, he's so big. You know? And he's huge. He's a giant guy. I was watching a, a modern uh, sitcom recently, and they made a John Wayne Gacy joke. It was pretty funny. Nice. Yeah. yeah. John Wayne Gacy. Not a funny guy. Uh, well, actually, was a funny guy. He was a clown. I mean, yeah, he did make children laugh until he made them But cry. he did kill 33 boys and bury them under his house. So, yeah, yeah that's a little less funny. But if so, you want to hear more about that, go listen to our John Wayne Gacy episode. So, he... Basically, he had worked at a turkey processing plant. Uh, he worked at the cheese factory and a place that made wood pellets. Um, none of these jobs, though, would last more than like a fucking day or two. It was very short lived. Hey, man, I couldn't work at the cheese factory for more than a day because I'd be eating all the cheese. Nom, nom, I'd nom, be, nom, 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 they nom, would nom. fire me, though. I wouldn't quit. Like, you gotta yeah, go. they would definitely so. be running me out with my pockets full of cheese. Yeah. So he did know. Uh, um, but well, first of all, he, he claims that he left the Marines. He felt lost and then, uh, he really didn't have any uh, direction in his life basically. So he did know. Well, I mean, that's, that's well, not necessarily due to his obvious mental issues. I mean, when I got out, I mean, I felt not lost. Oh no, maybe it is his mental issues. Cause I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't really feel lost when I got out of the military. Well, okay. So going back to his childhood he was the he was voted the most quiet you know so like he didn't social skills weren't there so he i'm sure he's an individual not. that always felt like he was alone even if if he was in a crowded room so yeah anyway he did uh like like going on that once he got out he had this desire that filled him that could you know no longer be ignored uh he needed to have a lady friend it was something that he really wanted uh, he, and he wasn't picky either. Any girl would have done. And now uh, that he has seen Jamie Kloss, uh, he has decided that she might just be... Anyway, he didn't want to be ignored. He got this girl. Uh, he didn't know anything about her. Her name is Jamie Kloss. But he didn't know much about her, nor did he know how many people were in the home or who all lived there. I don't know why that's a question you'd have immediately. It's kind of weird. But he made well, no attempts we'll to see reach... what he did to the people in right. the house here in a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. So he made he didn't make any attempts to reach Jamie on social media to find out anything about her. Jake wasn't really the planning type. Uh, the little <laughs> yeah. planning he did consisted of buying a mask from Walmart, stealing license plates to put on his car, and shaving his face and head so as to not leave any DNA evidence. So, you know, he, he was... This is premeditated, but he's an idiot. So, so what you're saying is he's watched at least one episode of CSI. At least one. So Patterson <laughs> drove minds. to the... Cl- yeah. So he drives to the Kloss home on October 5th, 2018. Since there was a lot of activity going on in the home, he aborted his mission. Uh, he came back two days later, but ended up calling it quits for the same reason. Uh, these fuckers like to fucking hang out and socialize, I guess. It's really <laughs> Yeah, God forbid day. they enjoy their own home. Uh, <laughs> So on October 15, 2018, he came back, and this time, though, he was armed with a Mossberg shotgun. Uh, it doesn't say what gauge, uh, but it doesn't really matter. It's going to be scary to a family. Patterson showed It'll up wearing a, a black coat. Yeah. So he's wearing a mask uh, and a black coat that he had bought. 
He grabs his silver and black Mossberg shotgun he brought with him. The shotgun is loaded with shells. Patterson was wiped down with gloves to ensure there would be no fingerprints. Uh, he puts the barrel of the shotgun in his mouth and vows he either takes Jamie tonight or he takes his own fucking life. Too bad he didn't just, you know, accidentally pull the trigger with the barrel in his mouth. That would have been confusing he's, for the family, but He's good. dumb enough. Yeah. So he made his way up the driveway, shotgun in his hand. He went up to the house and broke in. He sees a man coming down the stairs. He fires a shot at him, killing him. The man is Jamie's father, James Kloss. Jake hears two voices upstairs, presumably Jamie and her mother. Um, Jake begins to get excited. He realizes tonight uh, is the night that it's going to go down. Jamie will be his sunrise. Will be God, his by so sunrise fucking, anyway. It's so fucking uh, so, scary, dude. Yeah, so Jake goes to the bathroom door, and he knows Jamie must be inside there. He tries to open it, but it's fucking locked. He begins ramming the door with his body to break it down. His motivation is the door is the only thing keeping him from Jamie. So he's just fucking ramming it. He's on a mission, for sure. He's got the fucking dedication down. Yeah. So... He rams his body against it maybe 10 or 15 times. Finally, the door buckles. Inside, he finds uh, Denise Kloss, who's 46, and Jamie Kloss, who's 13, huddled in the bathroom. At 12.53 a.m., Denise Kloss made a 911 call. She connected to an operator, but when Jake busted through the door, she dropped the phone. Yeah, I was going to put the call in the episode, but it's like really staticky, like grainy, and you can't hear, you can't understand anything Denise is saying. Plus, she drops the phone, so you just hear like a bunch of noise, and then the operator being like, hello, hello, and then like she hangs up, and that's it. I'm sure it was, I mean, obviously she was very scared. I don't blame her for dropping the phone. It's a terrifying situation. This disgusting man busts in your bathroom with a shotgun, and he's trying to steal your daughter. No, I get it. I get it. Well, so when the operator tried to call back, the phone went to voicemail. So little did the operator know during this time, Patterson was trying to force Denise to bind Jamie's wrists and ankles with duct tape. Jake forces the mother to put duct tape over Jamie's mouth after falling to do so. Jake puts his shotgun down and does it himself. Uh, He wraps the tape all the way around Jamie's head. When Jake picks his gun back up he turns around and sees denise clutching jamie in her arms he was surprised to see denise putting herself between the shotgun and jamie okay so i think a couple of interesting things with this is one he wraps the tape all the way around her head which i feel is like a disrespectful thing to do which shows like how he see he doesn't see jamie i feel like he doesn't see her as a person you know what i mean he sees her like an object of his desire well, no, that's that lack of empathy he can't understand what it feels like to be in that person's shoes he's, he's there's no connection yeah he just like yeah it's like a disconnect and then being surprised that denise put herself between the shotgun and jamie is also like shows that he must not have been shown very much love as a child because i would put myself between anything well, and my son i mean that's typically the pattern that we see with these dudes yeah so. it fucking sucks dude so yeah, so he doesn't understand why someone would sacrifice their own self. He just it's anyway. So well, Jake this part's points gonna get the real barrel. fucking intense right here. So well, so he points the barrel at Denise. He can't look at uh, he can't look at her while he does this. Uh, his arm was trembling with either adrenaline or fear. With his head still turned, the presses uh, he presses the barrel further until it touches Denise's head. Then, as you can guess, he squeezes the trigger, obliterating Denise Cross's head. And she's holding her daughter. So her yes. head explodes onto like her metal. daughter. So after Dude. that, but he's such Patterson a pussy. Grabs... Can't even look at her while he does it. Just, Man, like, I it's... mean, just there's a lot of words we could. So after that, do Patterson it, grabs Jamie. Yeah, so he grabs her, who is now covered with her mother's blood and gore, of course, because remember, Denise was clutching Jamie. Uh, she dragged Jamie out of the house, forgetting he bound her legs, almost slipping in the blood of her parents. God damn, which I can't it's just so much traumatic that is. For the I girl, I mean, uh, oh my God. <laughs> so Patterson dragged her outside and put her in the trunk of his car and then drove away. Uh, he had a loose, loose plan. He was going to drive to his cabin in Gordon, Wisconsin, 
if if he was stopped by cops, he planned to shoot it out with him or take his own life. Uh, as he was driving away from the cl- uh, the Kloss home, uh, aka murder scene, yeah, about no. twenty seconds down the road, so not long, he sees the red and blue police lights. He starts to think it's over. Uh, it's over for him. Basically, he begins to think that this is a shootout. He was just considering as a last resort, uh, but not to raise any flags. Jake does what any driver knows they're supposed to do, and he pulls to the side and lets the emergency vehicle just go on by. So Jamie hears the police sirens flying by. She's bound in the trunk and her mouth taped. Dude, I mean, that's got to be the worst. Rescue is literally right outside, and they have no idea she's in that trunk. I can't imagine how the cops felt. I mean, after they found out, you know, being like, holy shit, I drove right fucking by the guy. Right. And the, I mean, quite the mess. So all this time she was throwing up in her, into her own mouth, basically due due to the tape and being thrown all over the trunk, uh, with every stop and, uh, fucking jerking motion of the car. Yeah. Cause she's so, her wrists, her ankles, her wrists and ankles are bound and she's got tape all the fucking way around her head. So she's I'm sure just it's like, tight as fuck. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was like extremely scary being back there. So Jamie screams and bangs on the trunk uh, all she can. She knows she only needs one police officer to hear, but her attempts her attempts are uh, uh, absolutely futile and yeah. useless. So she stops screaming and begins to pray. Of course, uh, after what felt like hours, the trunk finally opens. Jake drags her up to the cabin. She's still bound, and the duct tape is still on her mouth. Uh, Jake unlocks the door and brings Jamie inside. He tells her, sit down and be still, and rips the tape from her mouth. After he removes her bindings, he orders her into the bedroom. I can only imagine what was going through her head right there. She's like, this dude's gonna, like, rape me or fucking do... I I mean, obviously her... Just rape and kill her. I don't know about a 13-year-old's mind, but I feel like my first thought would be like, oh, it's about to become a sexual thing. Right. So once uh, once he gets her in the room, he gives her a bag and tells her to put her clothes in it. So she strips, puts her clothes. This man just murdered both her fucking parents. There's nothing in Jamie's mind suggesting he wouldn't kill her again. Right. Yeah, uh, that's exactly. You know, so she complies and takes off her fucking clothes. He puts the clothes in the garbage bag and mumbles. We don't need any evidence now, do we? You to fucking himself. psychopath. So he's mumbling like talks. a fucking weirdo. We don't need any uh, evidence. Luckily for Jamie. <laughs> yeah, so luckily for her, Jake was uh, Jake had other clothes for her to wear. Um, she gets dressed quickly and Jake watches her, of course, because he's a fucking weirdo. Dude, Pedo, it's just cause she's such 13, a fucking... Yeah, so. such a piece of shit, dude. So while all of this was happening, Barron County Sheriff's Deputy John Fick and other deputies, James Presley and Eric Sedani, Sedani, arrived on scene. They arrive at 1268 12 Avenue and Highway 8 to a grisly scene like nothing they've ever fucking seen before. Um, Presley tells Sedani to go to the front door and knock, see if anybody's there. Uh, Sedani gets to the front door and notice the inside wooden door behind the storm door is slightly opened. The interior door is being held open by what Sedani thinks is a rug or something, uh, which is unusual this time of year given it's so cold in Wisconsin. Uh, so people typically don't leave their doors open. Yeah. He shines his flashlight down towards the rug and sees what is really blocking the door, a pair of legs. Sedani so opens the storm door, looks inside to make sure he is seeing what he thinks he's seeing. He then calls for his partner, telling him that they do have a body. Yeah, and there's a picture of Fuckface right here. He looks like yeah, the this fucking dude's type. Fucking weird. He looks like my cousin. Oh shit! <laughs> I gotta, I gotta kill my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so deputies call for backup and homicide detectives. When the deputies start to clear the house, they did notice a shower curtain partially in the hallway. That's when the deputies discovered Denise's Denise Claus's body in the bathtub. And uh, I could definitely probably it. say that it's definitely just her body because her head is just fucking. Yes, there's not much left. I mean, the barrel was touching her face. Yeah, so. dude, it's just I can't even like picture it because it's so just crazy. So they find it odd that she is dressed and in the bathtub, given we know the story. The police are probably very fucking confused. Uh, that's when the deputies realize something. There's a 13-year-old girl who lives here, and she is not here. 
So <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Now they know that they must search for Jamie and hope that they find her instead of just a body. October 22nd of 2018, Barron County, Wisconsin Sheriff uh, Chris Fitzgerald puts out a call for volunteers to help search for Jamie. Uh, Sheriff Fitzgerald says he needs no less than 2,000 volunteers to comb the fucking area. But Barron County is not a huge metropolis. There's This 2,000 volunteers would be about two-thirds of the entire population. Yeah, and imagine uh, so trying to get two-thirds of any population to fucking agree on something right, and gonna do be, something as a group. Yeah, so they, they realized time was not on their side, though. A 2006 study from the Washington State Office of the Attorney General showed that of the missing children homicide cases, the abducted child was dead within three hours of the kidnapping. Um, and another 88.5% of the cases the cases studied, the child was dead in a day. Jesus. Uh, given dude. Patterson was so willing to kill her parents without a second thought, Jamie's chances seemed very fucking slim. So... Yeah. The search was set to begin on October 23rd, 2018 at 9 a.m., the week before volunteers searched for Jamie, but this time the sheriff wanted to search a much larger area. The The tip line had received more than 1,300 tips, including the tip that a black Ford Edge, a black Acura MDX, and an orange Dodge Challenger were vehicles of interest. At least 1,100 of these tips were checked into. That's one thing so, we definitely can say about this police force because a lot of times like if you look back at like john wayne gacy they were or like the cops with Dahmer when they let the kid go back with him like they were shitty like they didn't want to do their job but these cops they seemed like they really cared you know like following up on 1100 tips out of 1300 is it's you know that's a crazy amount of tips to follow up on because they were probably all they were obviously all bullshit so well they were they were definitely thorough in this case yeah i hats off to the cops in this case so the next morning after instructions are given the volunteers break into 14 separate groups each group was given a map as they leave the staging area before driving to their assigned search zones Uh, some people came from all over to help Uh, jenny weber drove an hour north to get to barron county to help with the search maverick nelson who was from hastings which was an hour and a half away from barron was searching alongside weber after searching all day long, the volunteers come up with nothing. Uh, but some, like Vicki Longhenry, vow to come back and help as many times as she is called upon. Uh, at this point, after investigating all the tips, all the searching, it looks like Jamie Kloss has just vanished. But and again, it's dude, just did all these yeah. Hats off across. to these people, man, coming that far, yeah. an hour and a half drive to go search for a girl you don't even know. It's definitely yeah, dude, very that's... noble humane bro it's fucking love dude it's fucking you know yeah. you don't see it too much there's not so, a lot of heroes we talk about in episodes but these people are whether they found that is true. stuff or not yeah they're definitely heroes for even at least trying it so soon after this the fbi offers a twenty-five thousand dollar reward for anything uh, that will lead to finding jamie Kloss and finding out who killed denise and james Kloss. uh two days later the fbi doubled it to fifty thousand Uh, Jamie's aunt, Jennifer Smith, also makes a public plea to return Jamie safely to her family. Uh, And she is quoted saying, To whoever uh, may know where Jamie is, please contact the Barron County Sheriff's Department. Jamie, we need you here to fill the hole we have in our hearts. So, you know, typical plea for, you know, someone you care about. Uh, on October 17, 2018, the funeral of Denise and James Kloss is being held at St. Peter Catholic Church in Cameron, Wisconsin. James and Denise were well known in the town, having been born, raised, and eventually murdered there. Uh, Missy Ruffin, or Ruffin worked with James and Denise uh, at the Jenny O. Turkey plant uh, there in Barron. Since she was so close to Denise, Missy felt that she knew Jamie well. It was not only just people in Barron who sent their condolences. So more than 125 people commented on the obituary for James and Denise posted online by the Roush and Steel Funeral Home, and the comments came from around the world. And 125 people may not seem like a lot, but I've seen some of those websites where, like, you lose a loved one or you know a, fa- a friend or a family member, and no one comments on those. Yeah. Not even your own family comments. They just like on those. share it and then that's it. But like commenting on it, like 
sending condolences or wishing like the search well and stuff. I don't know. I definitely, yeah, definitely it's a like different a chain kind of letter, people. Dude. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. People don't. Yeah. So dude, this next part is so fucking weird. So fucking weird. Well, it is strange. So on October 30th, 2018, the Wisconsin department of crime. Yeah. And as we know, here on the show, many serial killers go back to the scene of their crimes to live them out. Son of Sam would go back to his and ejaculate in his pants. Thinking no, about what he had I done. wrote cum. I put cum in his pants. Don't try know, to make this family wanna, friendly. I, you know, I didn't want to. I just feel dirty. And I'm already, yeah. you know. That's anyway. how Son of Sam wants so to So Ted Bundy would go back and have sex with his corpses until they were too badly decomposed. Yeah, so fucking disgusting, handsome episode. dickhead. So these... Oh my god, the fact that you called him handsome is disgusting. He's arguably So these handsome. agents... These agents figured Patterson, who they did not know was the perpetrator yet, would probably do uh, as well. Uh, as the agents are watching the video feed, the motion-activated cameras near Jamie's house clicked on. DCI agents snapped to attention... On the monitor, the men watch a man wearing a puffy jacket and a beanie breaking into the Kloss home. They have to think this guy must be an idiot. Would he not think the police are staking the house out considering what had just happened here? Well, I mean, but they're all fucking idiots, criminals, you know, so. I suppose. But they begin to think maybe this is the man who killed Jamie's parents and kidnapped her. Uh, the mystery man breaks through the patio door. The agents let him continue, seeing uh, as how he fully breaks in. He is then trapped in the house. Uh, once he is in the home, the DCI agents and a Barron County Sheriff's Department sergeant set up a perimeter. The deputy goes to his car to get his canine. By the time he returns to the DCI agents, uh, they are already in the home and they have arrested Kyle Janky. They begin to interrogate Kyle. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> they interrogate the dude who says he broke into the home because he wanted Jamie's underwear. You which fucking... I don't know why that would be the first thing that you would fucking admit to. Yeah, that's um, like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, dude, no, you're good then. <laughs> I mean, I would start with like the silver, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, I'm drunk. I say... thought this was my own house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of, I guess, yeah, there are a lot of good things that you could have said. Uh, so he had a lot of things stuffed in his coat pockets. So he did fucking make out with a few things or almost. But the, they, uh, the DCI agents pull out a red and white girl's tank top, orange and white girl's, uh, an orange and white girl's dress, a pink extra small tank top, and an orange and green girl, uh, pair of girls' underwear. Uh, police run Kyle's record and find he has been released on bond on a burglary charge. One condition of his release was that he not commit any more fucking crime? Do they have to say that when you're released? To be like, hey man, don't commit any... Like, it's given. I feel like you should know. No, the judge still tells him out loud. Like, yeah, dude, <laughs> hey, if you fuck up... You're coming come back. back longer. And then he's like, I'm so, gonna fuck up. <laughs> well, he's sent back to, to a jail cell uh, to await a trial on the first burglary charge, but he will also face his second one. Uh, this hopefulness of it being the killer brought the police and the DCI agents quite a fucking disappointment. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they uh, were all fucking, you know, super pumped, adrenaline pumping through them, thinking that was the guy. Yeah. It's just some other so, pervert. December 25th, so the day of our Lord, 2018, <laughs> uh, we nice. are back in the Patterson cabin. Jake's father, sister, and some other friends and family are in the cabin celebrating the holidays. Everyone in the cabin on uh, Claire Acres in Gordon, I'm guessing is how you say that, but it's in Gordon. So except for yeah. Jake, uh, they are completely unaware that the little girl the, uh, the entire town and world is looking for right now uh, is in his room under his bed. So that's she's just trapped. crazy, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like those fucking basement stories. The cellar yeah, like Ariel Castro. He would have people yeah, over and be like, you can't go in the kitchen. And they're just and it's like, yeah. if there's a certain part of the house you can't go into, that's that should raise a suspicion. <laughs> so she is trapped there by bins of weights and containers so she cannot be heard and she cannot get out. 
Uh, inside the room, music is playing loud enough to block out any noise Jamie may make. Uh, this is normal for Jamie. Uh, every day since the abduction, uh, Jake had put her under the bed with the containers and music playing. So, new norm. Jake told her that if she had, uh, she moved or made herself heard while he had visitors, he would fucking kill her. She had no reason not to believe he wouldn't do that because, you know. Yeah, she already witnessed him murder it. her whole fucking family. Yeah, so Jake is feeling pretty good at this point. It's December 25th, day of our Lord. Stop Jamie has been that. captive <laughs> in his home since mid-October and no one suspects him. So there's zero hope at this point for her. Uh, from her so she thinks i'm sure so since he has had jamie he has kept the same silver and black mossberg shotgun outside the bedroom door with three shells nearby on the floor he told jamie if the cops come they won't take us alive so <laughs> i'd be like dude fuck you why can't why can't i live <laughs> she's gonna go south let yourself yeah. die let me live i didn't i didn't want any part of this so Jamie recounts the first days as the roughest. Uh, Jamie was scared to death every minute of the fucking day. She didn't eat for a week when Jake would get angry or blow his stack, so to speak, as the author says. Um, he would sometimes hit Jamie. One time he got angry and hit her on the back with a window cleaner handle. Uh, Jamie wasn't sure what she had done wrong, but she didn't want to make him angry again. Uh, yeah, Jamie I mean said after that she became way more compliant and things got a little easier for so this girl's 13 she never stopped it's not like an adult right. who can like process this type of situation like she's a she's a right, kid it, she's it, a I child mean, yeah but although she was becoming more compliant more submissive to make her days easier she was definitely still thinking about how she had to escape dude she had a lot of heart survive. in there to yeah to constantly be like there's still hope for me to get out of here and not becoming you know like stockholm syndrome like basically you know being like well this is my life now yeah well and you know speaking of stockholm syndrome jake would let jamie play board games with him they'd watch tv together and sometimes he would let her walk in the yard uh, so i mean he was always trying to do things to build her trust and yeah, there but... were probably some moments where she was like this isn't that bad. No, but see, that's uh, before snapping was, back to reality. I was, yeah, probably for a second, but in the book, she's oh, yeah. talking about, uh, they're talking about like, she would play board games with him, but always in the back of her head, she's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I can't well, I'm sure. do this anymore. But, you know, we've talked about it before, you know, there's still people. So there's going to be moments where, as ideal as it is or not, but it, it, it's it's common for people to just have that moment of where they have a peaceful moment, no matter how fucked up the situation. Well, yeah, I mean, human nature we're we're adaptable, but no, naturally, yeah, most I, of the time. I, yeah. She she like like you said, like yeah, she would snap back and be like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. So uh, that that was always more towards the forefront for sure. Yeah, but. Interestingly enough, uh, they slept together every night but never had sex. Jake said he felt too guilty about killing her parents to even fucking touch her. So that's interesting. Uh, he felt so guilty, in fact, he let Jamie write a letter to her aunt, but of course Jake never sent it. Now, I uh, don't want to sound too insensitive, but what was his purpose of taking her? I mean, given the, the cases we've read about or heard about, what was his purpose to just have a companion there? I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because he was such a silent, shy, quiet dude. as a kid. Uh, he just wanted affection from someone. Uh, he wasn't, it didn't necessarily mean that he wanted a sexual exchange. So yeah, in a fucked up way, he just wanted someone to spend time around him. Uh, and he got to a point where he didn't care how that happened, uh, even if he had to make it happen. Man, I couldn't imagine being that fucking pathetic. Lonely. Lonely. He's a very lonely individual. Yeah, but fuck him. So, so on Christmas Day was Jamie's uh, breaking point, basically. Uh, so the music was loud in the room, but even though uh, 
she could hear Jake and his family celebrating the holiday in the other room. Uh, that's, I don't know how she can hear them, but they can't hear her. I don't know, so. but it had to be torture, but, you know, to see them yeah. happy with their family and then her parents are fucking dead because of him. Right, right. So she started to sob, of course, but as the tears on her cheeks dried, she decided she had had enough. She had to fucking get out of there. Yeah, dude. Like, it's she's fucking, it's fucking now or never. She's so, done with this bullshit. J- so Jamie has a plan. Just waiting for the perfect day to put it into action. So she knows that she can move the weighted bin. She's done it before, right? So she's been fucking, she's like uh, Tim Robbins, uh, you know, in Shawshank Redemption, you know? (laughs) Just digging that Uh, fucking hole. Yeah, just fucking taking my time, dude. No one suspects a thing. Dumping the rocks out of my pockets in the in the yard. Yeah, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler, so, but that movie's been out forever, and if you haven't seen it, you're a damn fool. Yeah, yeah, he gets out. Yeah, he so, escapes through poop. When when she does move them, though, she hasn't had the courage to actually get out from under the bed and escape the house. So she hasn't gone this far. She just knows that she can move them. She can hear Jake each time he left the house, his car starting up, and when he drives away. Uh, by this time. When Jake, basically when this time Jake told her he would be gone for about five or six hours, she decided today was the day. She heard the front door open and close. She waited for his car to start and drive away. Finally, the car starts. It drives away. Jamie starts to move the bins little by little, enough to get her body through the gap. She gets out and puts on a pair of Jake's shoes because she can't run through the snow barefoot. She doesn't have any shoes and it's snowy, Wisconsin. So the shoes are so big on her, though, excuse me, she doesn't even realize she has them on the wrong fucking feet. Jamie walks out the front door. She knows she can't run in these huge shoes, so she walks up to the road. She sees a woman walking her dog. She walks a little faster and goes up to the woman. This was uh, Jean Nutter's daily activity, (laughs) walking her dog. This time, though, things were a bit different. As Jean is returning to her driveway, a girl walks up to her. She's dirty, hair matted, and emaciated. Jamie was wearing leggings, a baggy sweatshirt, and shoes too big, and she was yelling, help me, help me. I'm sure, though, when Jamie saw that woman, she was, like, so just so relieved, you know? Yeah, I, I can't fathom that feeling. I can't. This was a little bit less dramatic it's be, than. Uh, it's got to be extremely emotional, like like overly, like you can't even fucking contain what the fuck is going on. Yeah, in your I mean, head right now. she walked up to the lady and was yelling, "Help me, help me!" because she just couldn't contain herself. But I was saying, yeah, it is a lot less dramatic than um, uh, the Ariel Castro escape because that uh, Amanda Berry like busted through the screen door and shit and like ran across the oh, road. Oh yeah, yeah. Like super that's, that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. This one was kind of just like do 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 like walking out the front. I mean, obviously she was terrified. She's scared to death, but it's still yeah. interesting. So Jean's first thought was this is fucking Jamie Claus. And of course she's right. She bent down to talk to Jamie who said he killed my parents. Please help. Uh, I want to go home. Jean said, who killed your parents? To which Jamie replied, Jake Patterson. <laughs> I'm sure her so first now thought, a name. I'm sure her first thought was, this is Jamie Claus. And then her second thought was like, I'm about to give 50 fucking thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. Maybe, maybe this is America. I mean, I'm sure she thought Jean, about it at some point in the converse of like when they're like sitting in the house waiting for the cops. She's probably like, oh shit, there's reward money for this. So... Jean, although she didn't know Jake, she did know his parents lived two driveways down from her. Jean takes Jamie to the home of Peter and Kristen Kasinks, Kasinskas, Kasinskas, I think is how you say yeah, it. Yeah, almost sounds like uh, Peter. Peter is amazed. He'd been seeing Jamie on the news and on billboards, but now she was standing in his fucking living room. Fifteen minutes later, police cars show up. The deputies were... Uh, Dip Render, Carrie, and Sergeant Engelman. Uh, the officers ask Jamie some questions, and she tells them that Jake dri- what Jake drives. Then they get Jamie to safety. Dude, um, it had to be so surreal 
for all these people. Like this girl's been missing for 88 days. You've been seeing her oh, picture everywhere. Away, and then you're literally looking at her now. It's like, it's probably like meeting us yeah. like, on par with like meeting a celebrity or something. Yeah. So, well, during the craziness, during all this chaos, Jake is coming home to his cabin to discover Jamie is not there. He searches his house frantically, of course, when he discovers she isn't inside. Uh, he starts freaking out and drives around the neighborhood looking for Jamie. Oh, I'm sure he was shitting his fucking extra large cargo oh, yes. shorts during this time. So as Deputy Dip Brender is driving Jamie to safety, she sees a red car, either a Kia or a Ford. She says she isn't taking any chances. It's a red car, so it could be Jake's. She ran the plate. It comes back registered to Kate Patterson. Bam! Dip Brender pulls the car over, and Jake pulls over normally enough, not raising any suspicions that he will put up a fight. Two of the officers walk up and tell Jake to show his hands and open the door slowly. Jake complies. They ask him his name. He says Jake Patterson. They tell him to get out of the vehicle. Jake says, I know what this is about. I did it. Jake is arrested and his bail is set at a $5 million fucking bond. Yeah. So he is being charged with uh, intentional homicide, kidnapping, and armed burglary. Now, I did read that it was $5 million cash like had to be paid in full so there's no bail bonds shit he could have mm. done it was like dude you come up with five million or you're fucking ain't, staying ain't no ten percent i think it, what it what it is is like ten percent typically yeah 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 so jake who was rotting away in county jail wrote a letter confessing to the crime to k-a-r-e tv 11 which is the local station there he says he committed his crime on impulse mostly and says i can't believe i did this he wrote this because he didn't want Jamie's family to have to suffer through a trial, and he wrote little hearts around Jamie's name. Oh, How what a nice guy. Crazy. He didn't want him to suffer. So, Fuck you, dude. So so Judge Babbler sentenced Jake to uh, two life sentences for the murders of James and Denise Kloss. He also tacked on another 25 years and another 15 years <laughs> of extended supervision for Jamie's kidnapping. I uh, love so when judges do that. See anymore. When they're yeah, like, it, life. Plus no 65 years for your other bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So Jamie's family pleaded with the judge to rule out parole for Jake, saying they lived in fear every day that he may one day get out for good behavior. Judge Babbler's ruling was no parole ever. Fuck yeah. So as of 2019, Jake wasn't even in Wisconsin anymore. He was moved to New Mexico because of concerns for his safety. After his conviction, he was moved to the Dodge Correctional Facility in Wisconsin and was registered a, a sex offender for life, of course. Fucking good. Uh, remember, uh, Jamie's 13. Yes. Uh, in Dodge Correctional, he came face-to-face -face with Chris Watts, who was convicted for killing his wife and two kids. Jake had run ins with other inmates. Uh, he was labeled a suicide risk, and he refused to sleep. I just uh, made Jake the connection, but Mexico. him running into Chris Watts is the equivalent of when Ed Kemper ran into, uh, damn, what was that guy's name? Remember he made him, uh, he would feed him peanuts when he was, when he was nice, when he was good. He was, uh, he was, in the, he was another, uh, serial yeah. killer. I can't remember his fucking name. He thought that, he name. thought California was going to get know. washed away. So he killed people to prevent that from happening. Cause that makes fucking sense, I guess. But anyway, yeah, it's just like. You know, it's like the Spider-Man yeah. meme where they're like pointing at each other. <laughs> so, yeah, fucking stupid. So when Jake got to New Mexico, he lied to the other inmates saying that he met a 17-year-old girl online and tried to help her run away from home. Is that any better, though? But the other... <laughs> well, well, he didn't know that the other inmates have read the papers and watched TV because, you know, they're not shut out to the outside fucking world. <laughs> yeah, it's not fucking uh, the 1950s. Yeah, dude. Soon after he arrived, an inmate uh, came up to him and said Jake couldn't stay in that pod because of Jamie's kidnapping. Uh, he said the crime was too disgusting for even the other inmates. Yeah, dude, that's pretty uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, so Jamie is doing much better, though. Okay, fast forwarding. Over $150,000 was raised via GoFundMe for Jamie. Uh, its initial goal was $50,000. Uh, so... You know, she got an extra, extra. hundred thousand, man. I don't. I mean, it doesn't fix the turmoil that she will spend the rest of her life in. No, but, but it helps her get somewhat of a normal life going. Other, she, you know, other than like she'll emotionally. be able to rent a home for a while. Yeah. So, 
Hormel Foods and Jenny O, where Jamie's parents worked, gave $25,000 to her. Uh, Jamie's aunt, Jennifer Smith, signed papers to become Jamie's legal guardian, remember, 13, and she mm-hmm. moved in with them. Jennifer said Jamie feels comfortable there, so that was good. Uh, on August 6, 2019, the house that Jamie's parents were murdered in was demolished. Uh, here, that's a thing. I think that's pretty popular. Yeah, it's definitely like a, that shit. It, I think it's more symbolic. Also, nobody's going to want to yeah. live there. <laughs> so... The bank that owned the house now said that uh, that would be fine. They didn't, I think they had a good heart about it. So they went with it. The sheriff's office was done with their investigation and Jamie's family signed off uh, on the plan as well. So, uh, you know, demolishing the house and having a little bit of cash flow to get on your feet. Um, You know, plus, I mean, shit, she's 13. You put it in savings. Hopefully she has a normal or a close to normal uh, set of teen years to where she can use that money to go to school or, you know, own a business. Yeah, I mean, she could put it in a compound interest account and she'll fucking double that money by the time she's 18. So it's definitely two years later. She's helpful. She's like 15, 16 now. So she's in high school. So I'm sure she's got some trauma still, obviously, but. You think she homeschools? She probably homeschools. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like I didn't look into really much of like what's going on now for time's sake, but I definitely think that whatever she's doing right now is better than living under Jake Patterson's. I'm assuming after looking at a photo of him, very stinky bed. Uh, he doesn't True. look like the type to bathe very often. So that's no. something you and him have in common. You haven't taken a shower in like a week. It's crazy that he hung out with his parents so much. Yeah, that is weird. It's always weird when people do that. And they didn't. It wasn't. They didn't know. Yeah, he had to be fucking weird. Like, if I was hiding a, a, if I was hiding a girl under my bed, dude, I couldn't invite my mom over. My mom would know. Yeah, well, that's because you're not a not fucking psychopath like him. Like you're a decent person. You wouldn't be able to have a regular well, interaction. Fortunately, yes. I'm just saying that. Like my mom is too keen on shit like that. Like she. She'd get, like she'd be like parking a car and be like, "Why is there a girl under your bed?" She'd be like, "John, like, How did you know? why do you she'd have like, a child I'm not a fucking idiot. You're acting weird." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Plus, your dog would be it's, sniffing it's, at her. It's, it's, it's insane. Scratching at the bins and stuff all day. It's just it's a headache. Don't kidnap anyway. people out there. But yeah, that's the kidnapping of what? Jamie Kloss. It's a really fun episode. I liked uh, I liked doing this. It had a very happy ending, which is something we don't see a whole lot of usually. Uh, minimal murder in this episode. Yeah. You definitely won't see it on our t-shirt logos. Yeah, fucking anyway. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, go check out thechillingtruth.bigcartel.com. Buy a shirt. Follow us on all the social media shit. And we will catch you guys on the flippity flip. Later. Later.